that you a gang, gang, gangster. Not one. Try to say, say, save Yo, what time it is? What, what, what's good? What's up? What's up? Maybe I should just start with that. Or maybe I should start off with some nice Kalani. You know, off her brand new album, My Baby Mama. Y'all know about her. Let's get episode 40 of the Struggle Play podcast started right now. Nice and mellow Then I go into some hard shit man I I, I don't know That's just me You know But I, I I don't want to talk about rats You know By rats I mean um, 96 to teriyaki Or whatever the hell his name is I don't, I don't do that But how about I acknowledge people um, Who I can definitely say Is actually living that life Yeah let's do that so again, insert flex bomb. Yeah, NYC. Yeah, Santana. We did it, baby. Davies. Free rowdy, free pop. Whoa, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? I had to hit it with some little Joel Santana, Davies, Roddy Rebel, Bobby Schmurder. Ah, oh, oh man, man, man. I tell you one thing about those two. They're not rats. Mm. Let's go. Let's get this shit started. Get into this paper. Get into this paper. Shitting on a hater. Shitting on a hater. Boss nigga, so I need a boss bitch. G5 to the bar, that's the boss trip. Do a couple mails, fill up on that Forbes list. Scott Dwello on a watch, that's the boss risk. Time ticking nigga with my money at. 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 Time ticking, gotta get it where that money at. You know if I front you that, I need that money back. You know how I'm coming if I gotta come for that. Double back, yeah, somebody body getting mummy. That's a pretty solid way to start off episode 40 of the Struggle Play podcast. Yo, what's happening, y'all? I'm your one and only host, Doug, man. Look. We're here. Another weekend has passed. Uh, this w- past weekend obviously was full of a lot of ups and a lot of downs. You know, um, Andre Harrell, the founder of Uptown Records, passed away. He is the man responsible for discovering Diddy, Mary J. Blige. He literally bridged the gap between hip hop and R&B music. You know what I'm saying? So that was pretty sad to hear about that. And then literally right into uh, Saturday morning, we hear that Lil Richard just passed away. You know, the architect of rock and roll. Like, he literally discovered that sound. You know, that genre that why people still continue to tour off of, you know, at 70, 60 years old. You know what I'm saying? And they're still going across the world, having residencies in Las Vegas. But our hip-hop acts, or not all of them, are still getting that same amount of love. Hmm. Interesting. And it's interesting that a black man started it all. Just saying, you know, we, we not going to get into all that. You know what I'm saying? And then also, 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 R.I.P. to Betty, right? You know what I'm saying? 
legendary singer. She does her thing. And yeah, that was a down. But the up was the battle or was it a battle? It was a celebration of life, of love between Erica Badu and Jill Scott. Does that make me bad that I wanted them to tear each other's heads off? You know what I'm saying? Instead of all this love, like, yeah, it really became a snooze fest out of nowhere for me. You know, it was just like we hear songs like on and on. And I'm like, I love you, queen. I love you. Yes, yes. This this brings me back to a fantastic memory. You know, let's take a long walk down the park. And I'm just like, oh, God damn. Like, I, I thought we was going to go for each other's heads. Or maybe that's just like, I don't know, the toxic masculinity in me or just me being a problematic male and our culture, we just always have to tear each other down. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just in it. I'm just here for the shits. I I I want to see the battles. You know, I want this shit to be like Gladiator. Okay, are you not entertained? You know, instead of oh, I love. Let's take let's take a long walk. No, it should be oh, I love. Let's take a long walk. It's a cool song, but I know something. You know, a song that I have because I heard that on and on and on and on. You know, it's like. But you got me, right? And then they play You Got Me, but we, we didn't get all that. It, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm pretty sure it was great. You know, broke records, of course, as always. Black music, you know, black girl power. Yeah. But we got Ludacris versus um, Nelly. That's That could be a good one. Could, could, could we get some, you know, passive aggressive, you know, remarks from those two? Maybe not. And that's going to be tough for me to score, you know, because I'm not scoring that last one because it was just like a love fest, you know, like, you know, kill each other, rip each other's heads off, you know, like, hmm, Ark, no, Ark, like Jesus Christ, Ludacris versus Nelly. It's problematic for me, right? Because that's literally the definition of my childhood. Like Ludacris, I've said it before, he's in my top five of all times. I feel like he's one of the most underrated rappers ever. Ever like I feel I still feel like he can go bar for bar, you know, with some of these top hip hop acts, these so-called, you know, boom bap people or whatever. I feel like he can do that. But Nelly, on the other hand, he is he also like went bar for bar with Beanie Siegel and Freeway. Yeah, that's right. On the Rock the Mike remix. I was here for it. OK, the minute he came for KRS-One, I was like, oh, that man's bold. He's bold. But Ludus is like in my top five. So I don't know. It's conflicting. I'm going to go with Luda. I'm just I'm just going to have to go, even though like Nelly, he has the bigger hits. But I'm going with Luda just off a of catalog alone and features like Luda's features are just something special, special. And he's never really missed, to be honest, quite frankly, if you know, on his features. So I'm going to. Have Luda edge it out, but if Nelly really places his songs correctly, he could walk away with the win. But I'm still going Luda all day, every day. You know, like it's gonna be interesting. Should I wear? Should I wear on one of my jerseys? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna figure that out. We're gonna figure the whole dress code out. Oh, and also this past Sunday was Mother's Day. You know, Happy Mother's Day to my mother. You know what I'm saying? The one who pushed this 11 pound, two ounce baby. Out, or she didn't really push me out. You know, they had to cut her open to take me out because she would have pushed me out. Me and her would not have made it. So, you know, shout out to you moms. Oh, shout out to all my single mothers, you know, and the regular mothers too. You know, the ones with families. But 
the mothers that I know who I consider friends, um, the majority of them are single mothers, or I say a good half and half. You know, Brit Brat, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, I called her the other day. I called my friend Brittany the other day, and I was like, yo, happy Father's Day. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, since single black mothers like are the men have to play the, you know, the mother and the father, you know? <laughs> So I was, I gave her a happy Father's Day, but you know, happy Mother's Day to you. Oh, Shlee, 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 Shlee. What's good, what's good? Happy Mother's Day to you, girl. Three boys, three, 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 three boys. Like, man, you know, and she's doing, and she's doing it. You know, very successful at it. You know, holding down the family, holding down the four out to you, Shlee, Shlee. Or, you know, if you don't know, her name is Ashley, but I just call her Shlee on the side. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> oh, I'm in a goofy mood today. I'm in a goofy mood today. I'm in a goofy mood. You know, like I see these mothers raise these families. You know, some have help, some don't, and it's all really to help and inspire these kids to pursue their dreams. At the end of the day, right? Oh, dreams. That's the name of the song that I'm breaking down. Because remember, every episode, this podcast, I break down songs that exemplifies an artist's passion, pain, pleasure, ambition. And this one has a lot of passion, a lot of ambition, and a lot of pain. And of course, pleasure. It has all four. So let's get right into it. Let's not dilly-daddle around it. This is The Game with Dreams. Woke up out that coma 2001 About the same time Dre dropped 2001 Three years later the album is done Aftermath presents nigga with an attitude Volume 1 Rap critics politicking Wanna know the outcome Ready to die reasonable Doubting doggy style in one I feel like Pac after the Snoop Dogg trial was done Dre behind that G-Series and all eyes on me I watched the death of a dynasty So I told Vibe Magazine Working with Dr. Dre was a I had visions of making a classic Then my world turned black Like I was staring out of So I chose this song because Game He's literally in my top five In terms of like West Coast artists Not overall And because he is like the epitome The definition of just one rapping ass dude Like he just be rapping, rapping and rapping and rapping But This was off of his first album, the documentary. This song was produced by none other than Kanye West. Ding! Chicago. Um, And it's easily one of his most important records that he's ever made. This, This record really stood out, you know, in terms of from all the different singles and all the different songs on this album because the game he was literally chronicling his life. And the dreams that he wanted to accomplish. And also, in a way, you have to remember, this album came out in like 2005. And this was like the first time in a... It was, yeah, it was like the first time where the West Coast was just really quiet in terms of the music scene. You know, in terms of hip-hop, like, uh, you know, you had Snoop, right? But Dre wasn't really uh, around like that. Um, he, had, he was working with Eminem. But he wasn't really working with the West Coast artists like that, that at that level, at that height. And so he's also talking about how he's 
how Dr. Dre passed him the torch. You know, like there's that uh, classic video where you saw the game Snoop Dogg um, pass the torch to Kendrick Lamar, you know, and this was like game's defining moment. This was his moment where he was talking about the dreams that he wanted to accomplish for himself and how he's accomplishing other people's dreams. And fun fact, this song is dedicated to Venus and Serena's oldest older sister who got killed in gang violence. You know, it's so it's all tying along. So he's living the dreams of Easy E, where he explains it in this song. He's living the dreams of his parents, his family, his friends, everybody who hasn't made it. And more importantly, he's living his own dreams because just man, it's just crazy to think about this right now, because the game, he starts off the first verse by saying that he woke up out of a coma, you know, in 2001. About the same time Dr. Dre dropped 2001, Chronic 2001. But the game, he was shot like, yeah, he was shot five times in his own crib where like a whole bunch of dudes just ran up and shot him. And he was in a coma for three days. And so he immediately hits you with his personal experience right off the bat, right off the jump. And I love it when rappers do that because they don't waste time. Like, I feel like there are a lot of rappers who will waste a bar, you know, or the beginning of the song by turn up, turn up, turn up, you know, melly, melly, melly. Like, <laughs> Jadakiss is really good at that, right? His first two bars always stand out. Like in All For The Love, he says, when I think of you, I think of a problem. Who, what, when, and how we gonna solve them? Automatic or revolver? Or J. J. Cole. J. Cole. What was that song? Oh, Jesus. No role models. He started off role models by saying, first things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. Like, so it's always those things that get you, right? And that's what game does in those very first two bars. So he sets the tone, he sets the scene. I woke up about that coma 2001, about the same time Dre dropped 2001. Three years later, the album is done. Aftermath presents nigga with an attitude, volume one. Rap critics politicking, wanna know the outcome. Ready to die, reasonable doubt and doggy style in one. I feel like Pac after the Snoop Dogg trial was done. Dre behind that G-Series and all lies on me. I watched the death of a dynasty, so I told Vibe Magazine, working with Dr. Dre was a, I had visions of making a classic, then my world turned black, like I was staring out of Stevie Wonder's glass. Now, this is the journey that he's taking us on, because he woke up out of a coma in 2001, right? And three years later, he gets signed and he does his, and he makes his album. He makes his album called Niggas With Attitude Volume 1. That's what the documentary was originally supposed to be called. Niggas With Attitudes Volume 1, but because of name and copyrights, Easy es um, wife and his and his family, they shut it down. They was like, no, you can't use that. You can't use that album title. And you can hear the hunger and you can hear the excitement that he has for this first album. And he said, yo, it doesn't matter because this album is going to be on top. It's going to be great. He said, it's going to be like Ready to Die, Reasonable Doubt, and Doggy Style all into one. 
Very bold claims, but hey, the man got shot five times. What you expect from him? And especially in this business of rap, you have to be ultra confident, more confident than you imagine being. And he even like talks about how he's saying, yo, I feel like Pac after the Snoop Dogg trial was done. Everybody knows Snoop Dogg beat the murder trial. You know, everybody knows that. And Tupac, you know, and Snoop were really close and Pac was really excited for that. And he goes on by saying, yo, I had visions of making this classic album that I'm telling you about. But then my world turned black like I was staring out of Stevie Wonder's glasses and like uh, it's so fucking good because everybody has a dream. Right. And game at that point in his life, right around the time he got shot is when he was really honing his skills as a rapper. Okay, like Game Story goes and says that he listened to Nas on a cassette tape and just started writing down raps over and over and over and over and over till he got it right. And then he would also um, share his raps with his brother and his brother, his oldest brother and his brother would be like, no, that's trash. No, that's trash. No, that's trash. And eventually he got better. Eventually things started going up for him. And that's like. How he ended up meeting Kanye West because him and Kanye, they're actually really they were actually really close back in the day, like really close. Like, you know, that song that he did with Kanye later after this album called Wouldn't Get Far, but they both met at a rap convention in L.A. and everybody was just sitting around just waiting to rap. And Kanye comes hungry as ever. Yo, don't nobody rap. Nobody raps. Who the hell ain't going to rap? And, you know, Game was like, fuck it, I'll rap. And that's how they got along. They busted out this big-ass cypher at this convention, and that's where Game really started getting noticed. People started really paying attention to his mixtape that he was pushing at the time. And Dr. Dre was was noticing him, and record labels was noticing him. And then all of a sudden, he gets shot. And that's why his world turns black. And he was in a coma. So that's what he's saying, that his world was black. He's saying it's hard to imagine like Kanye West coming back from his fatal accident to beat making and rapping. I've said it before. We know that Kanye was literally spitting through the wire. He was rapping with his jaw wired shut because he got into a car accident. So he's relating to the man who made this beat and like parallels. Like we both defied the odds. We both beat the odds. And now we're making it together, especially on this one song. So it was definitely destiny. And that's what the game was saying. Like, this is destiny that I'm doing because he saw the death of a dynasty, meaning Pac, Biggie, Eazy-E, like all dying. And he was telling Vibe magazine that. So the fact that he was working with Dr. Dre was a dream. And now that he's out of a coma, now that he's really pursuing his dreams and like making this classic album, because the documentary is the game's best album. Now he's going full steam ahead. It's kinda hard to imagine, like Kanye West coming back from a fatal accident to beat making and rapping. But we the future. Whitney Houston told me that it's gonna take more than a bullet in the heart to hold me back. in this 40 ounce, letting the ink from my pen bleed. Cause Martin Luther King had her, Aaliyah had her, left eye had her. So I reached out to Kanye. I I 
love the hook. It's definitely my favorite part of the song because the game, he says, but blessing on this 40 ounce, letting the ink from my pen bleed because Martin Luther King had a dream. Aaliyah had a dream. Left Eye had a dream. So I reached out to Kanye and I brought you all of my dreams. And, you know, the dreams part is constantly being used over and over again. This is from the sample. The game, he uses that to say, hey, basically, I'm pursuing this rap career to show you all that you can do it, too. I'm doing it because Dr. King died for this. I'm doing it because Aaliyah died at the top. You know, he's saying if you're not willing to die for this shit, then don't do it at all. And that's what the game is giving us his dreams to inspire, to push. And it only makes sense that he does it with Kanye West because Kanye, he's still going right now, whether we like his tactics or not. And the sample, oh man, it says dreams all out throughout the entire song. He uses dreams and I brought you all of my dreams because I love you. Now, the person who's saying dreams, the person who's singing this hook, this sample His name is Jerry Butler. So this is sampled from Jerry Butler's old song called No Money Down. And it's an old R&B blues type soul song. And that's Kanye's bag. So baby, I bought those rings. And I brought you all my dreams. Cause I love you. So that's the core of the beat that he's using that you just heard. Or you're hearing it right now, actually. And he takes that one part where he's saying dreams and loops it and inserts it in different parts throughout the entire song, which is absolutely genius. So that it allows game to play on that word. And the game and Kanye would do something similar in um, their other hit song that he did, Wouldn't Get Far. He takes a sample, you know, a word or just a few phrases from a song and loops it and inserts it throughout the entire song and build the beat around it. Now going back to the song Dreams, instead of him using the word dreams to fill in throughout his song, because I've heard I've had friends who've rapped on that beat wouldn't get far, but they just literally wrote the beat in terms of just letting wouldn't get far fill in every single line of their bars, which is cool, it's fun, but, you know, a little bit lazy. You know what I'm saying? A little bit lazy, a little bit fun, but game, instead of him letting dreams hit on every single bar and every single line, he just talks about his dreams. And in verse two, he talks about a dream that he had. <laughs> it is probably, and it is the most memorable part of this song because he says he had a dream that he had sex with Maya because she loves thugs, you know. She doesn't like the quote-unquote good guys. If you don't know Maya's dating history, you know she's messed with Silk the Shocker. 
Cameron. So this isn't a far-fetched dream that he has, you know, because she ended up being in the music video, you know, and rumor has it that they did smash. So, you know, what? right on to you, game, because he says the minute that he saw her on King magazine, it was it. He was sold. And if you don't know that issue, just look up this type in Maya King magazine. She has on these booty shorts, these little jean booty shorts. She's showing the legs. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, man. All right. Back to the song. Back to the song. Because game said it best. Anything is possible. If 50 was able to get Vivica A. Fox, just saying. I had dreams that I would chase down Carrie Hilson in Hollywood the minute I set foot in California. But she went against the queen, Beyonce, and, you know, things ain't been the same since. But, you know, if she still want to slide through, slide through. Now let's get back to the music for real this time. I had dreams of fucking an R&B bitch like Maya When I saw that ass on the front of that king Read the article in the magazine She loved gangsters, loved nasty things So I'm in the glass house having nasty dreams Good girls never give it up But anything is possible If fit me, fuck Vivica Hurdle life's obstacles Found my way through the maze Then joy turned to pain like Frankie Beverly and Maze Used to dream of being unsigned hype Till I was crushed by Dave Mays Almost let my pen fall asleep on the page So you see in this verse he's talking about The physical, you know, the benefits of success Of being in the rap game, the career Magazine dreams, you know what I'm saying Getting the dream girl like Maya And then he's also talking about being on unsigned hype which was a section on the source where they basically highlighted up and coming rappers. A lot of rappers, you know, were on it, were on unsigned hype. Eminem, Biggie, Common, the list goes on and on and on and on. And it really crushed the game that he didn't get on unsigned hype, you know, because looking back at it, the source was like, you know, the hip hop Bible, Source, Double XL, you know, like those two were staples in. There was no internet back then Popping like how it was now And the fact that he didn't get on it It almost made him want to give up It almost made him want to quit But he couldn't He like He realized that He had to keep pushing And that If he wanted to be like his idols Easy e Jam Master J He had to Literally Literally Keep going Daydreaming yesterday, dozing off backstage. I thought I saw Easy talking to Jam Master J. So I walked over, heard Jam Master say, It's a hard knock life, then you pass away. They say sleep is the cousin of death. So my eyes wide open, cause a dream is kin to your last breath. Rushing in this 40 ounce. I love that bar. That's literally equivalent, you know, to saying, to not saying sleep is the cousin of death. And I love how he constantly keeps referring back to these old hip-hop legends. It shows that he's a student of the game. But in the third verse, he really starts going in and paying homage to not just old rappers, but, you know, his peers, 50 Cent, Eminem. And then he goes outside the rapper realm and talks about Huey P. Newton and how he's living those dreams for him and for everybody else who came before him and then for everybody else who is counting on him 50 cent and eminem you know sign he was literally put signed to interscope records all right and then not only that but he was put on the camp with dr dre 50 cent eminem so it's a lot of dreams that he's living for 
And then, of course, his own family, his son. And he sums all of that up in the third verse. The dream of Huey Newton, that's what I'm living through. The dream of Eric Wright, that's what I'm giving you. Who walked through the White House without a business suit? Compton had Jerry Curl dripping on Ronald Reagan shoes. Gave Michael in my demo, came here to pay my dues. Started off with Who Kid, then I start blazing Clue. It was all a dream, like Big said it be. Don't sleep on me, homie, I bring nightmares to reality. Rap phenomenon, defying the rules of gravity. Studied all the classics, start revising my strategy. Cause Marshall Mathers made it, Curtis Jackson made it. Head in the clouds, wondering where the hell Marvin Gaye went. How do I say this? I'm living for my son, but I can't figure out why I'm at my temple with this gun. Wake up to a Jesus peace like a Catholic nun. The war to be a rap legend has just begun. You see, this is the game that I love. All right, this is the game that I instantly grew to love. This man literally carried the West Coast on his back. Like, yeah, you had Snoop and you had Dre, but Dre was busy with M. He was too busy with Eminem. And Snoop was like on a different stratosphere. Like he wasn't just West Coast Snoop Dogg. Like he'll always be that, but he was getting into more of a global critical acclaim, you know, like I stand by this statement today, Snoop Dogg is easily the most recognizable and most famous rapper in the entire world. I didn't say better. I said most recognizable slash famous and game literally had to carry the West on his back and he rapped. And that's the, I I'll say this. I feel like the game is probably his own worst enemy. If it wasn't for these antics that he's always done or just his short fuse and short temper, he would easily be in a lot of people's top five instantly. You know, but the antics gets in front of that. It gets, it blocks it all off. And even before then, before the antics, because let's not get it twisted. The game's about that life, all right? Him and 50 Cent ended their entire contract <laughs> In a shootout, okay? They were literally shooting at each other outside of Hot 97 in New York. You know what I'm saying? And game is like gone on camera, viral, for whooping 40 Glocks ass, you know, with his cell phone in one hand and his fist in the other. You know what I'm saying? So if it wasn't for his all his antics and all the wild shit that him and his manager wouldn't be saying, he would be in a lot of people's top five Instantly, and it's sad because now you're seeing that passed down to this current generation, you know, with the trolls and whatnot. And now they think that that's the way that they blow up, you know, that's the way that they have to make it is by trolling and by saying some just wild, outlandish shit. When that's not how that's not how game came up. At all, really, if we're being honest. He just said it. He studied the classics. All right. 690 studied the classics. Okay. But it's, I'm not just blaming Game for that. I'm blaming 50 Cent for that. You know, I'm blaming a lot of other rappers who've contributed to that internet era, that internet, that vi- those viral moments, you know, into confusing the younger generation into thinking that that's how it's going to make it. Because look, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm surprised. I'm not. All I'm going to say is this. 
6 9 better watch out before he really gets his fucking head blown off. You know what I'm saying? And that's not me making the threat. It's not me making the assumption. It's just like I'm not even promoting snitching or nor am I denouncing it because it's something that I'm not even a part of at all. That's not my life, my nigga. I, I sit at a desk all day, every day. But the optics, the visuals, he's literally still dropping music videos, going on Instagram live and whatnot. And yes, the real ones know what's up and the real ones who don't know. You know what I'm saying? But it's like that birth the monster. All those antics. You know what I'm saying? When you should just stick to the music. You know, but it's it's never just just that simple, obviously. But if you stay true to yourself, your real self, beyond the antics, beyond the screaming and threatening folks on Instagram, which is some punk nigga shit anyway, you know, I'll Things could be so much easier for a lot of people if we learn how to understand instead of reacting, you know, and that's the and I always feel like that's been the problem with game. People don't really want to understand game. They're just going to react to all the crazy shit that he says, unfortunately. Unfortunately, like it's nothing you can really say about that, but this is a great fucking song and games living out his dreams. You know, he has his own studio. He has a very well established rap career. But um, he hasn't put out a classic album probably since Doctor's Advocate, and some people don't even want to call that a classic. I think it's a classic. I think it's probably his best piece of work. But um, yeah, man, this simple. If you're gonna like pursue your dreams and whatnot, cut all the bullshit, cut all the antics, cut all the reaction stuff. Actually, study the game. Know where you come from. Okay, like I really get sick and tired of hearing these rappers, you know, now saying that. They don't listen to anybody before them. Like, it just stops at Lil Wayne. That's who influenced them. And the Lil Wayne that they're talking about is like the I am an alien Wayne. (laughs) You know, it's not the mixtape Wayne. You know what I'm saying? How can... Look, I can go on and on and on and on and on. But just know, man, the antics, it'll it'll always come to an end. Whenever you're going on these rants, these long-ass tirades, it will always come to a screeching halt. And then what? Okay? And then what? 6 9 going to learn his lesson sooner or later. He's going to learn his lesson sooner or later. Game, he's learning it, but he's still doing some wild shit and obviously 50 Cent. But you're going to have to find... You, you got to move different. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Work smarter, not harder. That's the end of this breakdown. Now let's get into the rotation. Three songs that have been in constant rotation for me for the past week. And truth be told, that would be a lot of country <laughs> and pop music. And I don't want to play that for this podcast because I play hip hop and R&B music. So I'm going to play you three songs that shaped my childhood. How about that? Three hip hop and R&B songs that shaped my childhood. So let's go. Let's let's follow the trend of the looping the one word <laughs> in a in a song. And that song is Alchemist featuring Prodigy. This song is called Hold You Down. Hey, 
yo, it's like this, man. Hey, yo. When it come to text, I'm similar to a menace. But old dog sniffing king couldn't fuck with the damage that I do to a bastard. Keep fucking around, won't be nobody strong enough to. Strong enough to. Yeah. I leave them in shock, niggas get sentenced to life and stretched in a box Most of my friends got murdered and damn I feel lost Wish I was dead when it popped off the Nobody but me, I got a whole gang of niggas but that's how you gotta think If you wanna make it alive and all in one piece it takes much more than them things to yeah. Yo Sonny, I'm well connected in the street We loyal to each other when it come to that beef we get Don't worry about a thing my nigga, I forever leave Man, I remember listening to this song non-stop as a kid. I, I, look, quick story. I would stay up all night to watch BT Uncut like every other person was doing just to watch Nelly's The Tip Drill video. But this video always came on and I was like, you know what, fuck it. It's a good ass song and I really fuck with this shit. And then when I... <laughs> And some nights I wouldn't get to see the Tip Drillville music video, but always saw this one. It's an instant classic. Now, another song that I'm going to play for you all is a song that I also listened to nonstop uh, as a kid. Man, I had to have been about 10 or 11, 12 years old, maybe, when this song came out. And I remember listening to Hold You Down and... Hey Ma by Cameron all the time. I would record those two songs on my cassette tape from the radio because my mom would literally take my TV. I was like, take my TV away all you want to. I'm a music nerd. Loser. Well, I didn't call her like a loser. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I always played Cameron's Hey Ma on my cassette tape. I always rewinded it back and played it on and on and on and on and on and on. Because this shit was high. So song number two is Cameron featuring Joel Santana with Hey Ma. Yo, now it's downtown clubbing, ladies night Seen shorty, she was crazy right And I approached baby light Mom, what's your age and type? She looked at me and said, you's a baby, right? I told her, I'm 18 and live a crazy life Plus, I tell you what the 80s like And I know what the ladies like Need a man that's polite, listens and takes advice I could be all three Plus, I can lay the pipe, come with me, come stay tonight. She looked at me laughing, like, boy, your game is tight. I'm laughing back, like, sure, you're right. Get in the car, and don't touch nothing. Sit in the car, let's discuss something. Either we loving or I see you tomorrow. Now we speeding up the west side, hand creeping up the left side. I'm ready to do it, ready to bone, ready for dome. 55th exit, damn, damn, already we home. Now let's get it on. Hey, let's slide. All right. All right. We gon' get it on tonight. You smoke, I smoke, I 
Song number three. Since we're talking about childhood, might as well go back home to Chicago. Man, I literally remember the very first time I heard Lupe Fiasco. I was riding in the car with my mom and they just he debuted Touch the Sky, the song that he has with Kanye West on 107.5 WGCI. And they played that shit over and over and over and over again. This is back in the times where like if a radio station was to like break a song or play a song for the first time, like give it a world premiere, they played that shit probably about 10 times in a row. And I literally remember where I was. I was literally on north side of Chicago, riding up on Lunt, hitting the Clark. And they were playing Lupe's verse over and over and over and over and over again. All right. It wasn't even like Lupe's song, but he like, since he killed Kanye on there, they just kept playing it. And after I heard his verse on there, I literally Googled Lupe the next day. And Jesus Christ, downloaded all his mixtapes, found so many ways. Like listening to this verse is what like birthed me into like being obsessed with music because I didn't know who he was. So I would literally memorize that first bar. Yes, yes. Guess who's on third? Lupe still in like Lupin the third. And I kept going and going and going. Like I was like, remember this, remember this, remember this, remember this, remember this. And then of course, Touch the Sky. <laughs> Obviously that was the name of the song. And after that, found all of Lupe's music. This, and when I did that, I was like, yo, I can download this shit and sell CDs. And that was the birth of the hustler right there. <laughs> we gonna talk a little bit more of that later. All right, so this is Kanye West featuring Lupe Fiasco with Touch the Sky. I'm just gonna write out play Lupe's verse, man. This is song number three. Peace and love, stay safe, stay safe, be responsible. Peace and love, my name is Doug. I'm trying to write my wrongs, but it's funny them same wrongs help me write the song now. I gotta testify, come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day you die, you gon' touch the sky. You gon' touch the sky, baby girl, testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day you die, you gon' touch the sky. Yes, 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 guess who's on third? Lupe still like looping the third. Here like here till I'm bitter on the curb. Peach fuzz buzz, but bit on the verge. Let's slow it down like we're on the serve. Bottle shaped body like Mrs. Butterworth. But before you say another word, I'm back on the block like I'm laying on the street. I'm trying to stop lying like I'm unrobbed, but I'm not lying when I'm laying on the beat. On God, a touche Lupe cool as the unthought, but I still feel possessed as a gun charge to come as correct as a pawn star. And a fresh pair of steps and my best phone call. So, I represent the first. Now let me in my verse right where the horns are. Like, uh, I gotta testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day you die, you gon' touch the sky. You gon' touch the sky, baby girl. Testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day you die, you gon' touch the sky.